All right, welcome back into another episode of the Dumbbells and Diets podcast, where a couple of normies with some really big interest in fitness and nutrition help you along your journey, teach you a few things that we've learned along the way, and you get to join us on our journeys to the stage. Um, that being said, I'm going to go go ahead and kick it over to Missy, and we'll start with what's new and what we've been doing. Yeah, kind of the past couple weeks here, we we took a little pause, uh, getting the kids back to school. It was quite a transition, trying just to navigate all of the parent pickups and drop-offs. I think we're officially pros at this point, uh, which line to get in. It's been absolutely insane. Um, but I think that has finally started to level off. Um, and as far as, as training and stuff goes for me, uh, we had some nutrition tweaks kind of over this past week just kind of feeling like I wasn't getting my my steps that I needed to and and wanting to see a little bit more progress on the scale and towards my goal. So we ended up dropping my carbs down to 75 grams a day on the days I'm not training. Um, I'm still doing about 150 grams on the days I am, which is today. So today I get a little bit more. Pretty excited about that. Um, I'm just tracking a little bit more closely. I think we finally broke out my Fitbit, been collecting dust in the closet for a little bit, just so I can get a, a better count on what I'm actually walking in a given day. Doing pretty good today here. Um, but I'm really excited. I am officially down six pounds um, since we started really dialing everything in about four weeks ago. Um, so I'm starting to see some of that muscle definition that had kind of gone away the, over the summer, all of the vacations and the resort foods. My abs disappeared a little bit. I was really sad. So it's been super exciting just starting to see my body change, the the number on the scale start to go down um, and just reinforce that that what we've been doing in our training is working. Um, so that's that's been kind of us the last two weeks. Keith, how about you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, and she mentioned that we've been uh, gone for a little while from the podcast. The last couple of weeks, we've been real focused on kind of setting a, a stability to our lives. Um, I also want to take a minute and kind of update our podcast skills as we are growing in this too. Um, one of the things that we noticed is some feedback from you guys, the audience, that um, I need to talk a little bit louder, so we'll, we'll start <laughs> doing that too. Um, but on top of the, the kids going back to school, uh, I, I've said it before, but I'm in school for dietetics, um, and I started a new school block also, and so I wanted to really just knuckle down and, and, and focus in on what was to come. Um, as far as my training life, uh, life has getting, been getting better and better. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned as we've gone that I've been dealing with a couple of injuries. Um, I am 100% recovered from the bunk on the noggin um, and the, uh, the partially torn uh, shoulder connective tissue. Uh, been going to rehab twice a week and have been really seeing real good progress there, enough so that I'm actually starting to able uh, starting to be able to uh, to push with my overhead movements. Nothing too strenuous. We're, we're still not um, really at the anywhere near, uh, you know, a, a three or a four RIR uh, reps in reserve status, um, but able to, you know, really get some of the metabolites in there, get the blood flowing and, and, and feeling like I'm getting some sort of <clears throat> workout on that. So that feels really good too. Um, I'm also, I mentioned that I've been in a, a surplus uh, season here, just kind of at the start of it. Um, and after a couple of weeks of stagnance with my weight right in at about 220 pounds, 
um, decided to go ahead and up my macros. <clears throat> so I, I bumped my, my carbs up another uh, 75 grams to see if I couldn't get uh, the scale to start responding. Ideally, I'm looking for about a half pound a week of overall, about two pounds a month of gain. I wanted to bulk up, but not add all of the, the extra fat on top of it. So I currently am sitting at 425 grams carbs, 250 grams protein, and 77.0 grams fat. Uh, starting to see a little bit of movement on the scales throughout the week. Uh, we'll see if I'm, I'm going to start averaging that half pound a week or not. Um, I'll stick with it for the remainder of the week, possibly the next, if I don't see any movement into the early part of next week, maybe middle next week, and I might consider making another bump up on carbs. So anyways, that is uh, where I'm at. Uh, Missy? Yeah. Okay. So we are just going to dive into today's topic. We are really excited about what we have planned for you guys. I think it's something that really everyone can relate to, regardless of where they are at on their health and fitness journey, whether you're just trying to lose some weight in general, whether you are looking to go into a competition for bodybuilding. Um, I think this, this hits just about everyone. Um, and that is getting out of our own way. And what this means is really just starting to address beliefs, narratives that we have about why we can't achieve our goals. I think everyone has them and they can be completely different from one person to the next. Um, but I have found so often that people have just their own internal dialogue that they say to themselves. It could be things that people have said over you or you've, you've heard from social media or from family and you've kind of just adopted them as, as truth. And they may or may not be, but they're actually barriers to you getting to the goals that you, you are trying to get to. Um, so we, we are excited just to Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that I would say is, um, while we're really trying to ping on both of the perspectives, right, from uh, more of the, the, the lifestyle general population uh, athletes all the way up into our competition athletes, uh, most of this pertains to, uh, to both portions of your journey mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the perspectives that you have, right? Um, just like Missy was saying on social media, uh, I know a, a lot of uh, my competition athletes uh, were out there, were trying to dig up all of the information, all the knowledge that we can to give us an edge and, and help us to achieve uh, you know, the optimum uh, adaptations that we're trying to get there. And there's a lot of bad information out there on social media uh, or a lot of other places too. All right, so what I wanna do here, Missy, is I wanna start talking about some of the ways that we get in our own way, um, whether it is something that is native to our own psychology or it's something that is external from us where we're hearing it from somebody that we respect or it's just a societal pressure and, mm -hmm. and, and ways that either um, limit our progress or stop us from even getting on the road. Uh, so I know that you've got some good ideas about training. And, and one of the things I, I, I said earlier, this doesn't just pertain to either lifestyle, general populace or competition. Most of this applies to, to everybody. So, so yeah. listen in. Yeah, I, I want to start probably with one of the biggest ones that I hear from my clients. It's one that, you know, I definitely struggled with and I, I still hear it creeping up often. And it's this, this concept of, you know, I don't have enough fill in the blank. Um, for me, that was always time. I don't have enough time. And I would hear hear myself saying this frequently and, you know, 
I think honestly, we have really good excuses. Um, <laughs> I, at the time when I first started, this was probably the biggest lie I was telling to myself about why I couldn't work out or meal prep is that I didn't have time to do it. And I mean, I had a two-year-old, I had a newborn, I was working full-time, I was in nursing school, and any free time I had, I kept saying, well, if I have free time, I should be studying. That's a true statement, but you know, when I actually sat and I took an inventory of what I was doing from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, I noticed like I was getting through multiple seasons of like Netflix shows in like record time. So I, I had to be really honest with myself. Was it that I didn't have time or was it that the time I did have, I wasn't prioritizing my health and my fitness. Um, and that was a really hard pill to swallow, to be honest. So I started trying to set myself up for success by I'm not going to turn Netflix on until I know I have moved my body for 30 minutes. Um, but that's something I really, I think everyone struggles with, with at, at some capacity is that they don't have enough of something. And it could be time. It could be knowledge, feeling like you don't have the education to, to make a meal plan or to put together a training program. It could be that you don't have, you know, the money to put towards a gym membership or, you know, a new new whatever it may be, um, but it's coming to terms with the reality of, is this actually a true statement? You know, when it comes to cost, how much am I spending at Starbucks every day? Yeah. But if I saved for a month, I could put for something else. Yeah, and a hundred percent. And I think the way that I would address that is that you have a budget for everything, right? We have 24 hours in a day. I've got X amount of, of dollars that I make in a month. Um, I've got X amount of time to invest in furthering my brain, right? Uh, and are you going to invest that money on the latte, which is actually set your your, your fitness and nutrition goals back, or are you going to invest it in maybe buying a, that next uh, next pair of dumbbells, mm -hmm. right? Or the hours in the day, right? <clears throat> uh, is it worth scrolling through Facebook for an extra 30 minutes, right? I know a lot of people, they struggle with, they wake up in the morning, the first thing that they do is they spend 15 to 20 minutes looking at Facebook mm -hmm. or, or Instagram. Guilty. <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> Welcome to real world. Um, but the thing is, is that you have to, at some point, you have to determine what value that play, that uh, that you have on that, right? Is is that more valuable than the result that you could get and the quality of life that you would achieve by uh, by committing to, um, you know, uh, to, to getting your butt out of bed and, and doing something to move, right? Um, and yeah, I, I think that that's a, that's one of the, one of the ways that we, we trip ourselves up. Uh, I think another one, uh, and we talked about it a little bit and kind of segues was the education. Um, mm -hmm. some folks get a little bit intimidated by the gym. Uh, and I know specifically, uh, more from the, the female side, um, some women are, are a little bit afraid of quote unquote, bulking up or looking like a man, right? Oh, I, I think that's absolutely true. And, and I can speak from my own personal experience. I know this was something that was said in my house growing up and it made me terrified to ever even look in the direction of a dumbbell because what 13 year old girl wants to look like the Hulk or, you know, like a male bodybuilder, like we don't want that. And media portrays a certain physique that, that women should have. Um, but I, I think that we get, we get scared. No, we don't want to bulk up. And if we actually look at, at the science behind the amount of effort and work it takes yeah. to put on muscle, right. I, I mean, we could debunk this myth real quick here. Yeah. Well, and I, the first thing that I would say, and I bristled to 
uh, towards the, you know, the, the looking like a man, etc. Uh, to me, um, it is important to uh, embrace what you want. And I don't really care what anybody else thinks because they're mm -hmm. not paying my bills. They're not living in my head and they're not walking in my shoes. So your opinion outside of me is, is really honestly not welcome. Um, but beyond that, for the for the folks that, you know, that, that um, they do want to gain uh, you know, some sort of muscle mass and, and look toned and, and feel good, um, the, the fear of, of bulking up and, and looking like a man is, is really one that's uh, it's. It's not that accurate, right? Because it takes a lot of hard work, hello, reference my current life, uh, to gain <laughs> lean muscle mass. Um, you know, I talked about the fact that, uh, you know, on my current uh, my current surplus season where I'm trying to actively create more muscle tissue on my body, I'm aiming to, to gain one and a half to two pounds a month. Of that, one third to one half of that's actually going to be the lean mass, right? Mm -hmm. So... Over the course of ten months, I might put on ten pounds of lean mass if I'm if I'm doing really well, and that is because um, even though I've spent a lot of my life um, as an athlete, as a marine, and now as a, a physique competitor, um, I'm still what's considered probably an intermediate to advanced novice. Right, so um, the uh, the adaptations are, are going to come a lot faster for me, and the further down the road that you go, the slower they come. So. Yeah, and, and kind of to to push this um, topic a little bit further too, I think there's um, some aversion and just misinformation when people do go to the gym. And I know you can see some really big changes on the scale the next day um, after you've had a really, really big workout um, and people really rely on the scale number. And I know, you know, I, I definitely experienced that where when you have this fear that you're going to bulk up going to the gym and then you go do a weightlifting session or something. And the next morning you're like a pound heavier, it can really like be off putting. And, you know, if we could get any message across is that you didn't just gain like one pound of muscle from your one weightlifting session, your body, it, it gets inflamed. It, it sends, you know, a lot of water to the tissues to flush out stuff. Like you, you can have a lot of swelling after you've broken down muscle in the gym and yeah you know, well, on top of that i mean let's talk about what could have gone on there, right from a feminine perspective you know is is there a cycle happening have we retained extra sodium because we had a, a meal at taco bell that night right mm -hmm. um, or or did we not eat enough fiber and we're carrying a food baby right like the the, the reality of uh being hyper conscious of day-to-day -day weight gain or loss or just period period your scale metrics um it it's, it's not a healthy relationship with the number. Um, and, and that is why we teach our clients to, to come from a perspective of a seven-day running average. Now, we, we do pay attention and, and weight daily, uh, but that is to take that scientific data and correlate it to such things like, hey, I had a lot of sodium that day, right? Because at, uh, you know, at, at competition weight, those little changes can affect your appearance uh, you know, on, on the stage drastically. Um, but in the short term in surplus season or just you know, as a general populace athlete trying to get a better grasp on, on fitness you, you need to really kind of take a step back from that microscopic view um you know and, and kind of take a, a bigger longer term approach to it right and 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 with that comes a lot of reduced stress right mm -hmm. there's a lot less pressure because you don't have to worry about well i was i was 10 grams over today so i'm going to be a whale tomorrow no, that's not how this thing works. 
And I mean, what we, we always say to each other too, is like, this is all just data. Yep. You know, you're just collecting data when you step on the scale, trying to maybe tie it to, to how your diet looked the day before, but it's just data and it's gonna help you in the future, you know, make various decisions or tweaks to your nutrition or programming. But, you know, it's not something you need to, to get devastated about. It's data, note it, and then move on, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on to the next one. Um, I, I would say let's talk about junk volume. Um, and this is something that I actually uh, I posted on IG a, a, a question to all my followers. And I was asking, how many times a week should you train uh, each muscle group? Um, and while I was really encouraged that there were a handful of correct answers, uh, it is interesting and, and not surprising to note that a lot of folks either think that you can get away with one day a week per muscle group, uh, you know, the bro split, <laughs> uh, or, or the folks uh, that, which are on the other side of the, the bro split where they're thinking that four to five times a week is appropriate. Uh, and that has a lot to do with how our metabolism works and coming out of a catabolic state where you're actually breaking down muscle tissue, which is the, what we're doing when we go work out creating micro tears in the muscle tissue. And mm -hmm. that's, that's your catabolic metabolism. Um, but you have to give yourself time to rest and fuel and, uh, and start to repair those micro tears. Um, and one of the things that I was talking about here was junk volume. Uh, so two to three times a week is the most that you want to train each muscle group. Um, and, and, and these are study-based uh, informatics. Uh, and they're saying that hypertrophic gains uh, are optimized between six and 20 reps uh, and about 10 to 20 sets per week, right? So anything over that, um, and while it might feel pumpy and it might make you look real good in the IG photos, um, you're probably just adding extra fatigue and uh, putting a little bit extra stress on your central nervous system. So mm -hmm. just food for thought, right? So I know you had mentioned um, kind of the importance of taking some days off, allowing your body to rest and repair. And I think this is a really good one too, because I think sometimes people also have this belief that they need to train past the point of pain or past injury. <laughs> they, they don't want to take time off. They don't want to lose progress. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and what I would say to kind of preface all of this and really to to encapsulate most of what I've talked about here so far with training is that um, there's a psychology that goes into lifting, right? Um, it's no pain, no gain, right? It's it's the, the the tough guy, tough gal attitudes, right? And 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 it it's true true to a, a certain degree because we're trying to push our bodies to to new to new levels um, and, and and trying to push the boundaries and, and grow on a, on a daily basis. Um, but part of growth is recovery and part of recovery is rest. Um, and so what I wanna talk about is training through injuries and training through sick sickness, right? Um, your body does give you signals. Um, and one of those signals is is the, the soreness and uh, the absence of oxygen when you're trying to push through uh, you know, new heights, whether you're pushing through extra reps or you're trying to add in uh, you know, a, a little extra, a couple extra pounds onto a new PR or something like that. That's mm -hmm. while it doesn't, it's, it's training pain, right? That's, that's stuff that you do want to push through. What you don't want to push through though, is the signals that you have an injury. Uh, and this is one that um, my coach uh, 
cued me into a while back, and it really kind of opened my mind up too. Because as a marine, uh, you know, we we definitely tend to ignore those signals too. <laughs> uh, but it when it when it comes to feeling like you have a muscle strain or some sort of pain in connective tissue, you don't want to go above a two out of ten when it comes to discomfort there. And I, I know a lot of folks that will go out and they'll train and they'll have you know, a click and shoulder or etc. And I can I can bet you right now that a couple of, of you out there are chuckling, pointing at yourself right now. So if anything, I can uh, express, and I say this really frequently on my Instagram feed, is uh, your availability is your number one asset. If you can't train, you can't grow. Um, so on top of that, uh, illness is something else. Now, there's there's a difference between training through a little bit of a head cold um, and maybe a, a slight cough, although I, I would recommend anything in the respiratory system uh, that we avoid training through. Um, but when we start to, when we start to get to where um, we don't feel like we have it, we're more drained than we were normal. Um, it's hard to get up in the mornings. Uh, and at any time that you train, any time that you push your body, any time that you exert uh, extreme amounts of energy, you're putting stress on your central nervous system. Well, imagine your central nervous system, and this is a really, really layman's way to approach it. So don't hate me if I explain this too generally. Um, but imagine you having a battery and it goes to 10, right? Well, if you wake up in the morning and you have a 10 out of 10 energy, you feel great, it's a good day to train. But I would say if you wake up in the morning and you're anything less than a seven, uh, and it comes from you know some sort of virus uh, or et cetera, I, I would definitely, I'd call that day, I'd eat well and I would rest and let my body catch up. Um, there's a bunch of different ways that that can affect you negatively. Um, and some of it is, is just the overall fatigue that you have. Yeah. And I think also just recognizing it, it feels different. Like a, a muscle soreness, you've worked a muscle really well, has a different feeling than like a sharp pain or a pinching yeah. and, and really learning your body. And this comes through practice and knowing like, what's a good, like I'm pushing myself and what's this, this doesn't feel good. I'm a little bit concerned and just having that really good mind muscle connection, um, as you're doing your moves so that you're one lifting safely. Um, but also, so you're not, you know, making what, what could have been a easy, easily recovered injury, like yeah. a little strain into like a full blown tear where now you're out of commission for you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months and you've put yeah. yourself back. Yeah, hundred percent. And a, a way that I relate this is a way that I, I teach people how to play poker too, right? The best move in poker is to fold, right? Uh, it's the same in training. Your best move when you start to feel those those niggles, when, when they don't feel good, when it feels like a, an injury is to fold, take a day off, let it, let it heal up, right? Because uh, just like Missy said, you can, you can take something that's a boo-boo and turn it into a full, full bone injury. All right. The next one I would say, and this one, um, while it is absolutely uh, in the training list, it applies to both training and nutrition. And it comes from your psychology and your mentality and having a healthy relationship with where you're at. And it's comparisons. Mm, yes. um, and it's a double-edged sword, right? Because as an athlete, um, I am driven by competition. Uh, I When I'm going up on stage, while it is a celebration of, for 
for me will be almost three years of hard work and efforts and uh, the results of it. I'm going up there because I want to try to win, right? Uh, <laughs> go figure. Uh, and so it's it's not unreasonable to to take a look for me. I I, I follow uh, some of the top competitors and, and leaders worldwide in the national bodybuilding community, mostly because I want to see where I want to be. But at some point, I'm hoping that uh, well, maybe not at the top of the realm, um, you know, peers. I can start to take a look at my peers who I will be competing against and say, I feel like I'm in good shape. I feel like I have a shot here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can become a negative thing. And I've seen a lot of folks, especially family members um, who uh, have had some sort of dysmorphia, body dysmorphia in their mentality, um, compare themselves to you know, unrealistic standards. I mean, we all know why they changed the Barbie. <laughs> Did no- they change Barbie? <laughs> Ain't nobody built like she was built back in the 80s. <laughs> I haven't had Barbie in a while. So, <laughs> so anyways. Uh, and it's just, it's really important uh, that we take this thing, that the self-improvement process and make it a healthy thing, right? Because it, if you if you uh, degrade yourself, if you look at things and it's always from a negative perspective and you're not taking the wins and, and you're not taking um, the uh, the appreciation of the process, right? Because it's, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey and the pride that you get. And having the dedication to continue working through all of these things and, and show up every day and push every day and make the good decisions every day, right? That's the that's the pride that you should be getting. And the results are, are the adaptations that you're making in your body. But if we're constantly comparing ourselves to somebody that one may be 60% silicone, it's not really fair, right? So just really balance it out and have a good um, critical evaluation of your relationship to your self-image and how you're comparing yourself to others or other things. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and that really, you know, the mentality is a way to get in your own way and, you know, force yourself to stop. Sometimes I've seen people just kind of get overwhelmed with it. And rather than face something that they can't really achieve because it's unreasonable, they just quit. Mm. So, uh, okay. So I, the last topic when it comes to training specifically is using momentum first strict engagement, AKA ego lifters. Oh, I love these. My <laughs> brothers, my brothers, my brothers, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and in all seriousness, a lot of folks aren't trying to be an ego lifter, uh, but it does tie back into comparison because you go to the gym and you don't want to be uh, the little what the littlest engine that could lift in small weights. But again, you're there for you and nobody else. Be in your own head, be on your own track, be on your own road, right? And the second that you start uh, trying to pull more weight than, you know, than your muscle tissue is ready to pull, you're setting yourself back, right? And so what I would suggest is, is really focus on the entire range of motion. And this is something I talk to all my athletes about, right? What muscle are we isolating in a compound movement? There's going to be a couple of them, right? But let's take a look at something specifically like hammer curls. Um, the entirety of that movement uh, should be uh, driven by by your bicep, right? If your hips are moving, if your shoulders are moving, if your back's moving, then you're adding momentum, which means that you're actually taking away uh, the resistance from the muscle that you're trying to isolate, 
right? So for instance, going back to that hammer curl, you wanna imagine that you have a rod going through both elbows through your torso and that they're locked in that position. Yeah, I think you have a really good point there too, because when you look at, you know, loading up weight, you're, you're sacrificing form too. You're putting yourself at more risk for injury. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's not worth it to be able to say you, you hit that, that new PR weight. Um, when you start to sacrifice your form, and this is something I wish like all the newbies mm -hmm. would understand is it's not about how heavy you're lifting. If you can't accomplish the move the way it was intended, you're not actually working the muscles you wish that you yeah, were. Yeah, well, and, and to be very truthful, you're not even getting a PR there because when you sacrifice your form, you're reaching what's called mechanical failure, mm -hmm. which at mechanical failure, when you don't do the move correctly, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. No. Nope. Sad thing. <laughs> well, I'm going to take us on a little bit of a right turn here um, because this is something I absolutely love to talk about. I, I want more people to be familiar with. It's something that I think sets a ton of people back as we kind of look more into nutrition here. Um, and it's, it's, again, kind of another liar narrative that I think a lot of people hold. Um, and it's this idea that I am going to start, and that could be a new workout routine. It could be your, your meal plan. You're getting back on track as if you will. And you, you set this start date and it could be, I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start after new year's because I want to make sure I get to have a good time at the new year's Eve party. Um, and, and we do this, we set these dates that we're going to start, but here's the problem with that. When you do that, you have now given yourself permission to almost have a free pass up until your start date. And what I know I found myself doing in my own life is I had this mentality that this was the last time I was going to get to eat mac and cheese or this was the last <laughs> beer I was going to have. Therefore, I need to eat it and not just like a little bit. But I need to make sure I get all of the foods that I'm never going to have ever again yeah. or, you know, for the next however long I'm going to do this for. And instead of just having a regular food day, um, I've now like quadrupled my calories because it's this like this last effort to get to get yeah. it all in before my start date. Well, and then you hit your start date and instead of being, you know, at X number, uh, X weight, uh, you're, you're actually your, your starting line is further back and you have farther to go to get to where you want to. And not only that, but you probably feel like dookie too, because you got a bunch of extra, <laughs> extra stuff running through. You probably were a little sluggish that way too. So, yeah. Well, and here's the problem. If you haven't set yourself up for success ahead of time, you get to your start dates and maybe you have a really solid, you know, two to three days and then, oh no, I messed up. Um, I'm going to start next Monday. And you do it all over again. And I'm telling you, I have seen this happen so many times with clients that I work with in my own life. And now you're once again eating everything that, that you aren't going to eat when you start next Monday. And mm -hmm. this is how I gained probably 40 to 50 pounds while I was actively trying to lose weight. Yeah. It's because I just kept setting myself up for failure. So I want people to get into this mindset that, you know, you can have a, a, a good meal. You can have a bowl of mac and cheese and still, you know, have a regular diet the other days. And you really, you just, you don't need all three bowls. You don't need to go out to dessert yeah. every single night leading up to your start date. Really, yeah. every day is your start date. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the deal. It, 
there's a reason why band-aids are best just ripped off right <laughs> now we don't want to we don't want to create culture shock and we don't want to dive into something that is unattainable and unsustainable but you've really got to just you've really got to just pull the trigger you got to get it done mm-hmm. um, yeah well and this this goes into this other idea too that like if you if you didn't stick to your meal plan you would set up ahead of time maybe you you had a plan whatever your macros were going to be and you had one day you went way over on, on your carbohydrates this idea that you've somehow ruined the day and you need to now start tomorrow um and it, it's such a negative mindset you guys because once again you've given yourself a, a back door you've given yourself an out to go eat whatever you want to eat for the rest of the day um because you're going to start tomorrow and i want people to get in, into the habit of every choice every opportunity is yours to make um it's not it's not like the new day starts something new yeah every well, choice is a new choice yeah and, and the thing that that i do with, with our clients is is you know okay so you you had a rough day you you selected with your budget to go over budget and that's fine you've got extra energy for your workout tomorrow period right because you can either be in the rhythm of your plan of your regimen or you can allow yourself to to fade further and further off track, right? So either correct course and just accept it, right, and move on. You know, and sometimes it's it's a good thing that you made that decision, right? Uh, one of the things I do teach is memories over macros. Um, now this isn't a day to day excuse, right? But what I don't want is I don't want especially our, our our general population clients to to feel isolated on Thanksgiving, yeah. right? Don't go wild, but please go have some pumpkin pie. <laughs> Seriously. I, I want you to be able to share that, that memory with, with your niece, your nephew, your brother, sister, etc. Um, and that's really important to me because the psychology of this is also a portion of it. You, know, you, have, a, you have a budget, you have a battery for everything. Um, and so it's just, it's real important and, and, and just kind of leveling out uh, the highs and the lows of everything, right? Yeah, and I mean, going back to what we said earlier, everything is just beta. Yep. You had a high carb day, log it, that's great. And you know, your next meal, you can either accommodate for that or you can you can eat the carbs and, and move on. Um, but you know, go, like going back to Thanksgiving even, if you know you're gonna have a really, a really high carb day or a high fat day, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, Maybe in the morning you're a little bit more cautious with your tracking mm -hmm. and and you know the the battery and allotments you have because you know you're going to have a bigger meal in the evening and you can yeah. kind of compensate a little bit and it's it's all just data and math, you guys. Well, and in the end, right? We talk about the seven day running average, right? Well, if you're on a fifteen hundred calorie a day diet and you have you know a piece or two of pumpkin pie and that takes you three hundred cal over for the day what is that dispersed over seven days and is that really statistically significant or not you're really mm -hmm. not that far off now if you if you if you let that one piece of pie turn into seven because you you are off then then it does become statistically significant uh, so just it's all mentality and, and here's and again again it comes back to that that healthy relationship with self-image um, and, and with your success right you can allow uh, small things to become something where you berate yourself, right? Oh, I had a beer. I feel like Dookie now. I'm a horrible person, so I might as well drink three more to make myself feel better. Mm, right? Yeah. Or 
you can take the mentality, hey, I had a beer. It was Great. good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a good beer. And I don't I don't regret it. You know? Uh maybe I'll sleep a little bit better tonight. Uh, so it just it, it's all about your mentality and your perspective. And and one of the things that I learned in, in the military really, you know, is is look for the silver lining because there was a lot of a lot of unfortunate uh moments in life. Um, you know, a lot of hurry up and wait, a lot of time down range where it just wasn't all that fun and you could live in those negative moments or you could find something to hold on to that was fun you know mm-hmm. and so and i would say that forward progress comes from those silver lining moments right? and if you if you kind of turn that stuff on its head and and enjoy what you can uh, I, I think that you'll find that uh, again it's all about leveling out the highs and lows and maintaining even keel on a steady progress um, and so not, not let, letting big thing, little things become big things. Um, and that ties into to what we wanted to talk about here too, is it was eating your emotions. Right. Um, and I know that, uh, well, for instance, when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, there, you know, and it's really common for a lot of veterans, uh, the, uh, the loss of identity, the loss of camaraderie makes you feel a little bit isolated. Um, and I've watched a lot of my brothers and sisters getting the veteran 40. <laughs> and I may have participated. Um, and and the, the whole eating your emotions thing is, is, is really important to, to not get too far down that track. And I'm not going to overhash this because we just talked a lot about it. But it's just uh, it's, it's a, an extra angle to that healthy relationship with food. Don't let food become uh, a reward. Uh, mm-hmm. And don't let food become a punishment either. Yeah. And I, I love that too, because, you know, I, I want all of my clients to know it's okay to have a bowl of lucky charms. I mean, I did a happy dance the other night. I I'd hit all of my macros and I still had a decent amount of carbs left. And I went and poured myself a giant bowl of lucky charms and it was the best thing ever. Um, and there's not... I, I mean, you need to do your, your tracking and whatnot, but there's not like off limit foods, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a punishment to take care of your body. Um, and you're allowed to have the pumpkin pie yeah. and enjoy every freaking bite of that pie yeah. and know that, you know, it's not a punishment. That's you didn't fall off. It's yes. It's not a cheat. You That's didn't fall off the wagon. You made a budget you, decision. You lived your life. Yeah. You, you made a budgetary decision. For instance, with that, that bowl of Lucky Charms, the only difference between the, what she had there and, and, and what she's been eating is that it was just a little bit less fibrous. Yeah. I think you've been on your numbers all right so far. So I've been doing just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next topic. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was oversteering. Um, and, and again, it's, it's kind of falling along the lines and a lot of this nutritional stuff. Uh, it is going to fall along the lines of emotional reactions, right? But when we take a look at our seven-day running average, one of the purposes is is to prevent emotional reactions to uh, short-term scientific metric changes. And what I mean by that is our day-to-day scale metrics. And we talked about it a little bit before where... Um, you know, some of the things that can cause a two to five pound increase or decrease in your in your weight over day to day changes is, is sodium or having a low fiber week and you get blocked up um, or even you know, having a really hard workout uh, and 
you, you wake up one day and you're extremely dehydrated and you spend the next day catching up on your hydration and all of a sudden you've gained three to four pounds of water weight, right? I mean, even chugging a big glass of water before you hop on the scale because you forgot. I mean, so many factors are going to affect that number on the scale. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it comes back to the relationship with, uh, for my physique athletes, the relationship with image is one that you have to nourish in a healthy way. Uh, there's a lot of fitness model types that stay in an unhealthy body fat range. When we get down to our stage weight, we're, we're down there at uh, uh, unhealthy body fat weights that while they look great and it really in, uh, emphasizes uh, you know, the, the muscularity uh, and, and the work that you've done, you're not meant to stay there for very long. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that a lot of folks, uh, especially in, uh, you know, in the bodybuilding world, um, they'll do these things where they'll have micro cuts or their micro bills and they'll spend two or three weeks just stuffing their face. And then they get to a body fat range that they're really uncomfortable with. And right, now I got to cut. But the problem is, is that when you're in a deficit, you're actually, you don't have the capability of creating new muscle tissue, right? Um, what, what you are capable of doing is maintaining or more likely reducing the amount of muscle tissue that you lose mm. right so a lot of a lot of folks especially early on if they don't have good guidance um will do a lot of oversteering uh, and a lot of that is is an emotional reaction to how your body looks yeah uh, and that's that's not limited to just uh you know appearance athletes uh, that's a, a lot of folks that i know in the general population too uh so yeah. I, I think the next thing I would want to talk about is um, is social isolation during a cut. And this is mm -hmm. one that is one. is uh, unified across both the general population and the competition athletes. Uh, when you are in a deficit, especially towards the bottom and you're having to dig, um, it can be uncomfortable and you have to be really uh, granular with how you approach your days, especially if you're training, you want to make sure that you front load uh, the hours before with your carbs. Um, and because you're probably on a lower fat regimen, um, you have to be real strategic about it so that one, that you've got some taste to the foods that you're eating, but also because of uh, the fact that fat takes longer to metabolize, um, it helps to increase your, your, your satiety signals. Right. Mm -hmm. So it takes that hunger away because when you're, when you're digging, you're, you're hungry quite a bit. You don't want to be hangry though all the time. <laughs> no one, no one wants to hang out with you. <laughs> uh, but that being said, um, going out to dinner and celebrating a birthday with folks when you are uh, in, a, in a deep cut like that um, is really challenging unless you've got some a good plan around it. Um, but there's going to be a lot of social pressure uh, to eat like everyone else, right? Why can't you have a beer, man? Well, because it's not in my budget. I can't afford that. I'm, I'm on a eight to sixteen week cut, um, and I'm being real focused about what I'm doing here, and I'm investing in the outcome that I'm trying to achieve. Well, that's a long conversation to have with a lot of you know normies, um, and a lot of folks aren't going to understand that. Um, and so what I found is, and this is something I've experienced too, especially at the bottom end when you're trying to finish off that last couple of weeks, um, is it's just easier to, to stay home. 
Well, there, there's that. And there's also, I feel like we've talked about this before, but finding that community that has very similar goals to you. Um, we, we don't want people to feel isolated because they're doing something positive for their bodies. And I think, you know, one of the first things I did when I first started trying to get healthy and lose weight was, you know, finding a fitness community and other people that were on a journey, whether they were doing the same thing as me or not, but they at least had some understanding. And there wasn't that, you know, I, I would hear all the time sometimes when I, I would go to family events, the, why are you eating weeds, you know, looking at my salad? And you're, I think I heard the term, you're trying to fat shame me by by eating healthy. And yeah. it, it was really discouraging and realizing, you know, there there's some education that needs to be provided, but setting boundaries that this is something you're doing for yourself. And yeah. also just having a support system maybe outside of the the people that have some difficulty understanding. Yeah. And to be honest, that, that topic in and of itself, the relationships with others mm-hmm. um, who either uh, aren't as educated or on board or invested um, can, can be really challenging. And that could be a whole nother podcast um, just talking about that. Yeah. Well, and to be honest, it's something that's really helpful with Misty and I, the fact that we are on the same page heading in the same direction mm-hmm. um, because even deeper is with competition athletes, um, you know, the prep is, uh, can be a, a very regimented and uncomfortable experience. And if you have uh, a partner that is not on board or even detracting, uh, it can cause a lot of strife and stress between the two of you. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, those relational issues add on to the fact that you're already stressed out because you've got X amount of calories to So, yeah. All right. That is, uh, that's a lot. We've talked about a lot today. Um, the biggest thing that I think that we really want to impart um, is that we are our own worst enemies sometimes mm-hmm. and you really really have to evaluate you know the 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 gravity of the decisions that you make when it pertains as it pertains to the goals that you have uh, you have a budget for food every day you have a budget for training and you have a budget for freedom you have a budget for time budget for time etc and you just have to weigh the value of, of the investments that you make uh, and on top of that also know that you're not on your own and that there's education out there. Um, we are one source and we would like to help as many people as possible find uh, the love of fitness or even the love of natural bodybuilding. Uh, but know that there is a small and very quickly growing community of evidence-based practitioners out there that, that want to help break the mysteries of pseudoscience mm-hmm. and, and all of the things that or confusing in the fitness and nutrition world. Yeah, and Keith and I would really just encourage all of you to just take some time and take an inventory of of barriers that you've noticed or things that you've told yourself as far as, you know, why you can't hit the goals or, you know, start this fitness journey, what whatever it is, what your internal dialogue has been, just take some time and write those down and sit with them and then just start working them. Are these true? Are these false? Start educating yourself. Um, And as questions come up, you can always use Keith and I as a resource. We have our Dumbbells and Diets uh, Facebook group that we are actively in every day answering you guys' questions. Um, And we'll start bringing some of those questions here to the podcast um, as we get more of those. But we want to be a resource to you. We want to help you unbury some of 
some of these barriers that you've put in your own life. Um, so definitely check out our Dumbbells and Diets group as well. You can also find us on Instagram. Um, Both yeah. of our individual pages and the actual uh, Dumbbells and Diets podcast. So, anyways, I, I guess I would leave you with this. is Inertia is everything. All you have to do is take one step and the next one comes easier. Mm -hmm. so, okay, that's all, folks. All right, thank you. Hey, y'all. If you're committed to taking that next step and beginning your weight loss journey, or if you're interested in our competitive coaching services, you can find our website at www.k2fitness.biz. That's K, the number two, fitness.biz, where you can fill out an application to train with us. We look forward to working with you.